Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning. It's so good to see all these faces out here today. There seems to be an obsession with the number three. Now, if you're a Sesame Street graduate, you might picture the count, gleefully counting one, two, three, ah, ha, ha. It's a number that kind of pops up everywhere, and it's become a standard building block in our world. Think about it. There are three colors on a stoplight three feet in a yard, three leaves in a shamrock, three states of matter, liquid, gas, solid, three parts to an egg, shell, egg white, egg yolk. There are three branches of our government, judicial, legislative, and executive. We have the past, present, and future in relation to time. We have triangles, three-legged stools. We're gravitated to this number two in how we entertain ourselves. Three ring circus, three stooges, Three little pigs, Goldilocks and the three bears, three blind mice and three little kittens, and so on. There's actually a rule of three for those who didn't know this little joyful tidbit, which says, when things come in threes, they are inherently funnier, more satisfying, and more effective than other numbers of things, which seems to be true since everywhere you look, if you pay attention, you'll see that number three is a basic element of life. So it only makes sense when you really think about it that having three as a foundational element of life was here from the beginning. Today is Trinity Sunday. We, when we celebrate the original three, that is really our three-in-one God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, the word Trinity is not used anywhere in the Bible to describe God, but the evidence of that our God that exists in three distinct but inseparable entities is found in many places. Really, our God is indescribable in human language. We can't fully comprehend the nature of God, especially in the Trinity, but we do make attempts to wrap our minds around it. Let's start with one that we are pretty familiar with. We call it the Apostles' Creed. And this creed literally is broken down into three sections sharing what we believe about each person of the Holy Trinity. Yet it is the same God we are talking about. We believe in God the Father. We believe in God the Son. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. Now, in our United Methodist hymnals, which hopefully will find their way back into the pews soon, we find other not-as-familiar creeds that I find actually do a better job of speaking about the Trinity. Number 883 in the hymnal is a statement of faith of the Uniting Church of Canada. Now, I'll read the first part. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new who works in us and others by the Spirit. Then we have 884, a statement of faith of the Korean Methodist Church, which says, We believe in the one God, 
creator and sustainer of all things, father of all nations, the source of all goodness and beauty, all truth and love. We believe in Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, our teacher, example, and redeemer, the savior of the world. We believe in the Holy Spirit, God present with us for guidance, for comfort, and for strength. And as we look more closely at our scripture this morning, we find Jesus himself describing this holy arrangement that Nicodemus finds elusive And we kind of still struggle to understand. First, Nicodemus says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these signs apart from the presence of God. To which Jesus replies, very truly I tell you. And whenever you read those words in John, it means Jesus is about to reveal a deep spiritual truth. So listen carefully. Very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Well, we know that that's all very confusing to old Nick. All he can picture in his mind is a grown adult climbing back into their mother's womb. Now, when that image pops into my head, all I can think is, ouch. And that's just weird. Jesus is speaking on the spiritual plane, and Nicodemus is living in the earthly plane. So Jesus tries again. Very truly, I tell you, pay attention to what I'm saying this time, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, Nicodemus has already confirmed his belief that Jesus came from God, but Jesus takes it a bit further and tells him that, yes, he came from God, but he is also the one who descended from heaven. He's not just another teacher or prophet, but he came from God and is God in the flesh who came to earth in human form. He is the earthly connection to God the Father in heaven. And Jesus also tells him and us how the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, comes into play. If Jesus cannot do those signs and miracles apart from the presence of God, then the Holy Spirit is that presence of God that enables the human Jesus to do the work God has sent him to do as he exists in physical form in the world. The three persons of the Trinity working in tandem to reveal the love and grace of God in the world. God the Father creating and loving. God the Son, Jesus Christ, making that love real to us, connecting us to God through salvation and redemption. God the Spirit sent by God to be the presence of God living in us and giving us eternal life, new life in Christ. One God acting in three different but distinct ways to reveal God and God's love for us so that we can live a life of hope and joy and so we will live forever. At times, it can really sound simple, but how can we really understand what's going on, how God is working in the world and in our lives? What does it mean for you? And for me, on a daily basis, how does our understanding of this holy mystery we call the Trinity help us live here and now, help us plan for the future? All really good questions. You all ask such good questions all the time. Now, the first answer is that our understanding of God, in whatever form we encounter God, 
will probably change as we walk our own journey of faith. Now, I can't know where you are on your journey. You may not even fully believe in God at this point. I want you to know that's okay. The simple fact that you're here or listening and at least trying to figure it out is the best first step in getting to the answers to your questions. And if you have a really deep faith and think you already know all the answers, then maybe God will surprise you this morning. I find that happens to me a lot. I think I understand something about God and then boom, God reveals something new that makes me think again. So what I will say to everyone is that we learn more when we're open to hearing something new, when we're open to letting God give us a new perspective. And that's why I love the verse that became the impetus for the sermon title this morning, John 3, 8, when Jesus says, the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, we live in a world where knowledge is king. We want to know how everything works. We want to know when something will happen. We want to know the time. We make predictions because thinking we can know the future, well, that would be golden. We plan and strategize. And with the invention of the internet, we have taken learning to extreme levels we can know anything now with the click of a mouse. Just go to Wikipedia. You'll find it there. So when we hear that we can't really know something, that we can't possibly understand something, boy, that makes us uncomfortable. It feels like some kind of failure or flaw. Yet Jesus says right here that we can't understand, not just the whole Trinity thing, but we can't understand why God went to such extremes to give us life, how the Holy Spirit works within us, how even things that seem tragic and bad could be good for us in the long run, how Jesus dying on a cross gives us the ability to have eternal life, how just believing that he did will save us. He tells us that if we have faith that God sent him to save the world, including us, we don't need to understand how any of that works. Just believe in him and we get it all. But, you know, we're human and we can't really leave it there, right? I'm with you. There has to be something our minds can chew on. God did give us the ability to reason and think. Don't you expect God wants us to use it? Well, of course. So I'm going to give you part of my current understanding of this holy mystery we call the Trinity and how it impacts those who have put their faith in Christ. Now, one of the images that I love, that I encountered at seminary, one of those boom moments, you know, came with the word perichoresis. You don't need to remember that word, but I love this word because it means to dance or circle around. It describes the mutual interdependence of the three persons of the Trinity. So imagine a circle made with three twisted vines. Now you can imagine it kind of like the crown of thorns because we know that image in our head, right? Vines twisted around into one circle. It is one but it has three distinct elements. So now imagine that circle made of three beings with arms outstretched 
and wrapped around each other like those twisted vines, so entwined that maybe one arm might be able to reach out, but they can never fully let go of one another. And that circle is constantly turning and moving like a dance. This is one of many images we can use to picture in our mind to help us see that three-in-one God, connected at all times, but three separate persons. They act together, but also separately. So just kind of keep that dancing circle picture in your head if you can. We're going to come back to it. Now, Jesus says that we must be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Water birth is how we come into the physical world, but it is also the element we use to symbolize our new birth in the Spirit. We call it baptism, being born of water and the Spirit. Now, when we are baptized, we are professing our faith in Christ as God who came to earth in the flesh to reveal God and God's love to us, who took our sins and carried them to the cross so that we could live. In our profession of faith, at our baptism, we renounce our sin, which we also call repentance. Sin separates us from God because God is holy and perfect, and those who have sin in them cannot be in the presence of God, which Jesus calls living in the kingdom of God. At our baptism, or at the moment we repent and put our faith in Christ, we receive the Spirit, the presence of God living within us, because Christ's death on the cross opened the way by taking our sin from us. His death and our faith makes us holy and righteous before God, cleanses us from our sin. And it is only because He was sent by God, died on the cross, and then sent the Spirit to be with us, the actions of all three, that we can live in the kingdom of God, having God living inside of us and having eternal life. And we have that eternal life because we now live a life eternally immersed in God through the power of the Spirit. So going back to that dancing circle picture, Picture that circle, Father, Son, and Spirit connected and moving throughout the universe as one. Now picture that Spirit reaching out and connecting those who have faith in Christ to that same circle. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we become connected to God, and we become part of this holy dance. We are individual believers, yes, but we are all connected to all persons of the Trinity and to each other through this same spirit, and we are all engaged together in that holy dance. Collectively, we become the church, the presence of God on earth. Jesus connects us through his life on earth and his intercession for us in heaven. We are one, one with each other, one with Christ. This spirit moves us like a wind blowing all around us. It may move just one of us, It may move a specific faith community. It may move the global church. But this holy dance never stops. This is why baptism is a community event. When we are baptized, we become one with all other believers, past, present, and future, that other three, as the presence of God grabs hold of us and includes us, draws us in to that holy dance of eternal life.
The same spirit moves us and shapes us, helps guide us into all truth, the truth revealed in Jesus Christ. And we will never know the whole truth. Remember, it's a journey. But when we imagine that we are wrapped up in the arms of our three-in-one God, we know we're not alone and that God will not and cannot ever let us go. We can let go of our obsession with having to know everything, and we can put our faith in God, knowing that God works everything for our good, and God does know everything, so we don't have to. God sent his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. He didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but to give it hope, to save it, save it from sin and from itself. God the Father sent his Son. God the Son lived and died for us and made God real to us. God the Spirit gives us life by connecting us to the presence of God for all time. And all this is by faith. The Spirit lives in those who have put their faith in Jesus. The Spirit connects us to Jesus and Jesus connects us to the Father. When we live in the kingdom of God, we don't know what the future holds. We can't possibly know what will happen next or where God will move us. But we can be certain that God holds the future and that nothing can separate us from this holy dance and the love of our three-in-one God. So when things get confusing, let it go. Have faith. Don't think you have to have all the answers. And when you feel like you don't have the strength to go on, Remember that you are eternally connected to God and you live in the power of God. It flows through you. And then when you drink some water, take a stroll by the ocean or a river, or even take a shower, remember your baptism, your new birth by water and the Spirit, and be thankful. Go with the flow and let the Spirit move you. Every day will be an adventure with our three-in-one God. And if it gets too hard to think about, just dance. Live in the power of the Spirit and go where it takes you. Go on that mission trip. Sing in the choir. Start a new ministry. Step up to serve the children in our Sunday school or vacation Bible school. Go on an adventure in the power of the Spirit. Join in the dance. You will find new meaning for your life as you do and as you go with the flow of our holy three-in-one God moved by the Spirit. You may not know where it comes from or where you're going to go, but God does. So dance. Amen.